0: Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Virgil Armstrong and welcome to this episode of Lifestyle Matters and we have Dr. Savina with us. Hi, Savina. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks, Virgil. How
0: are you? I'm very well. So I thought today we'd talk about the benefits of exercise. Now, as you know, they're huge. So we're probably not going to get through very much in one episode, but we'll make a start. So first of all, let's talk about the mental health benefits of, of exercise. What would you say to that idea?
1: So I think mental health is a great place to start, Vogel, given that we're the whole world is going through a pandemic. Um, in Australia, we're stuck in lockdown course of the year um, people's mental health going downhill and I think exercise is one saving grace for lots of people um, I know it is for me um, you know when you go out for a walk for example getting some fresh air and getting some oxygen and improving it helps to improve your um, serotonin levels it helps to improve your endorphin levels makes you feel better after it um, mm. I know I feel that yeah. way Um
0: yeah so, you know, it also improves brain derived neurotrophic factors. So, that's one of the hormones that is necessary to actually uh, maintain uh, brain development as well. So, not only does it produce feel good hormones, but it also produces substances that support brain neurodevelopment and neural function. Um, I often think of, I mean, you know, I love my mnemonics. So, I have a mnemonic for the mental health benefits of um, exercise, and it's DACAS, D A C A S. So I see the benefits of exercise as helping with depression, anxiety, cognitive dysfunction, Alzheimer's disease, and also sleep. So let's talk a little bit about about those in turn. How do you feel that um, uh, exercise helps with the mood and anxiety disorders, first of all?
1: Yeah. So as I was alluding to earlier, it helps to improve, increase your serotonin levels. And as we know, serotonin is a is largely implicated, Um, well, the the deficiency of serotonin levels is largely implicated in the um, development of anxiety and depression. Um, And also the other aspect of exercise and depression with anxiety is Mm -hmm. when you exercise, you're also engaging with other people most of the time. You're going out for a walk or you're going for a gym class. Mm -hmm. You're seeing other people. So social connectivity is also there hand in hand with that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my take on and I it. suppose the other thing is the, you know, what stress is basically unspent adrenaline. You know, we have a fight, flight or fright response in built into us. And so when we're feeling threatened or anxious, we get all of this adrenaline coursings through our veins. And, you know, back in the days when we were living in caves, that was an appropriate response because we could run away from the saber tooth tiger. In the modern day, we've got nowhere for that stress to go. So exercise is a great outlet for that adrenaline rush that uses up all of that unspent adrenaline. And moving on to um, you know cognitive function. you know we, we know that there are a number of factors that are validated for optimal brain health and exercise is one of them. So, so we know that uh, regular aerobic regular, um, uh, high intensity and regular aerobic exercise helps cognition. We also, added, but it's only one factor. So the factors that I, that the Americans actually recommend for brain health include the absence of smoking, appropriate physical exercise, appropriate nutrition, and a glucose less than 5.5 uh, millimoles per liter, and a, and a total cholesterol less than 5.1 or 5.2. So we can see that exercise plays a part. A very important part in brain health as well, and then finally, exercise helps sleep. What would you say to to sleep and exercise?
1: I think that we kind of touched on in our previous episode with uh, when we talked about sleep. Um, you know, getting that early morning sunlight with our exercise will help to improve our sleep later on, um, and for some people, um, having that afternoon uh, late. Early evening exercise actually helps to improve the sleep quality too. Um, and the other thing is also, as you said, you know, expanding that energy. If you're just sitting, leading a sedentary life the whole day on chair for most of the day, you're not actually exp- expanding much physical energy and you wouldn't feel so tired.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So it's a, it's part of the diurnal regulation, isn't it? It's part of the sleep-wake cycle, you know, you exercise when you should be awake and bright so that it sets you up for a good night's sleep in the evening. Definitely. So moving on to the benefits in terms of musculoskeletal health, what would you say to the benefits of exercise in in, in that context?
1: I think that's basically a, you know, lots of people, as we get older, we suffer with lots of arthritis, aches and pains here and there. And many a times, I mean, how many times I would have counted um, that people would have said, "Ooh, I can't exercise because I've got too many pain, too much pain in my knees or in my back um, and I can't do it. And we know that actually exercise will help improve that, but how do we get started? So wh- how would you approach that Virgo?
0: Well, first of all, I I reiterate we know that exercise is a good treatment for um, chronic musculoskeletal pain. So, exercise helps with arthritis. So, exercise strengthens the muscles around a joint, which reduces pain. Exercise contributes to weight loss, which reduces pain, and which also reduces the stress around a joint. So, there are many reasons why exercise helps with pain. But it's not the only treatment modality that we can use in chronic pain. So what we need to do is, first of all, identify what other treatment modalities we can use to help manage pain as we exercise. And secondly, we need to understand that boom or bust actually is a very difficult thing to, to, to deal with in terms of pain. So what is boom or bust? So people on a good day will overdo it and then they'll suffer the next day. So they'll boom and then they'll bust. So what we need to do is pacing, and that includes pacing of our activity levels and pacing of our exercise. So broadly speaking, exercise is great for pain, exercise is great for arthritis, exercise is great for strengthening muscles, but it has to be done appropriately, sometimes under medical supervision, avoiding the boom or bust. And it's not the only answer, but it's part of the answer. So because of that, I mean, there are very few musculoskeletal conditions that I can think of where exercise wouldn't be indicated. I mean, maybe myasthenia gravis, you know, might, you, know, you might not want to do it then. But I can't think of anything else where you wouldn't get some benefit from exercise.
1: Definitely. And I think the other thing to add is um, I think the great place to start with exercising is actually doing water exercise exercise. Um, Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, the type of exercise is important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So because you know when you're in the pool, when you're in water, you're removing the effects of gravity. So there's less stress on Mm. the joints. You can find yourself doing far more Mm. than you can do on land. Um, and the other thing is yeah. also, it's not so much just swimming or anything. You know, lots of people say, I you know, I don't want to swim. I can't even think about putting on a swimwear and getting into the pool. But, you know, I have some of my, my older patients telling me that I can't remember the last time I put on a swimsuit on. Um, and it's a matter of just, you can just put your shorts on and your shirt on and get into the water, getting up to your shoulder height, getting the water up to your shoulder height. And sort of just doing some exercises may just be, you know, moving your hamstrings, some breaststrokes, um, walking, doing some crab. Right walks in the water. Um, It's merely doing simple things like that in the
0: water, which actually helps. So it's about understanding that you don't wake up and run a marathon, you have to train, and even elderly frail patients can undergo training. You start off with a low baseline, you identify the target baseline, and you gradually improve over time through the consistent application of supervised training. So, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. That's the key thing. It's it's a gradual process. Definitely. Now, what about osteoporosis and brittle bones? How how does exercise help with that?
1: So that's actually um, there's a lot of research about that, really. Um, and I think the the most convincing theory so far about exercise and osteoporosis is the fact that when you do more strength resistance-based training, it actually helps to increase the cells that produce bone. Um, They're called osteoblast cells. Um, There are, you know, there are some research going about saying, you know, it also reduces the activities of cells that destroy bone called the osteocytes. But the most convincing evidence seems to be coming from the fact uh, from the bone making cells. Um,
0: yeah so we know that exercise effectively increases osteoblastic activity and bone remodeling and reduces osteoclastic activity, which is as you say those cells that eat away at bone and, and contribute to osteoporosis and it's weight bearing exercise, so we're talking about weight training push ups you know that kind of that walking uphill that kind of thing running you know um Aerobic mm. exercise doesn't have the same benefits yeah. in terms of bone growth, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. And it, you just think about the intensity, yeah. the loading of the, the bone matrix. That's what we're wanting yeah. um, as opposed to what you do yeah. with aerobic exercise. So let's move on to another aspect of um, how exercise helps with, um, with cancer.
0: It does. I mean, that's, that's a surprising thing, isn't it? Actually getting out and doing your walking, walking the dog, 30 minutes a day five days a week it actually helps reduce your risk of cancer. Savina what do you think about the risks of cancer and how it can be modified by exercise?
1: So there is a lot once again um, lots of evidence pointing to how exercise can reduce the risk of the relative risk of cancer um, up to even 30 percent and there's a most evidence point towards colorectal cancer and breast cancer, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's pretty astounding, the fact that, you know, exercise can help reduce that risk. Um, also, um, you know, if you, for example, if you imagine yourself going through cancer treatment, going through chemo and radiotherapy, you need a good cardio, a heart and lung function um, to endure treatment. Yeah, yeah. This actually helps yeah. improve that too.
0: And of course it's a very stressful time and exercise helps you f- helps deal with stress so you know long gone are the days when you had the diagnosis of cancer and then you were ushered to the bath chair and the blanket was placed lovingly over your knees the thermometer was stuck in your mouth and you were walked around forever in a day whilst you were going through that that's just not true we we are encouraging activity at all, as much as possible at all stages of treatment
1: Yeah definitely um and also um, mm-hmm. The other thing I would like to add about that is um, there is also if, where you were talking about it's a stressful time. When you're stressed, we you tend to eat mm. poorer um, and we increase our risk of developing other chronic diseases. So if you're you can hopefully help reduce that risk a little bit to um, just improve your mental state also. That's-
0: it does, it does. So, again, what we're seeing is that whilst we're trying to identify the impact of one element of lifestyle medicine on one set of disease risks, actually, it's, it's the, the, the benefits of even one element of lifestyle medicine, such as exercise, permeate through so many different aspects of our health and well-being, doesn't it?
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: and that's, yeah. So it's so important. So thank you, Savina. I think we've run out of time today, but what I think we should do for the next episode is talk about how exercise can help with our vascular and metabolic health. We'll see you soon.
1: Looking forward to it, Fergal.
0: My name's Dr. Fergal Armstrong. This has been Lifestyle Matters. We'll see you soon.